You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks and your water slurp of the day. Some of the best water that I've ever be had. Much better right than coffee. I don't care if it's sulfur water. I don't care if it's the nastiest well water. It still is much no. better than coffee. No. No. It that's is not, well with no, my sorts. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it is flavored water in my mouth. <laughs> straight up water, just straight water. I can't I can't do it. I mean, if I'm really hot and thirsty, I can do it. But I add this new miracle elixir to water for me. It's pineapple flavoring. It huh. is delicious. You get it at the dollar store. And there's two kinds. There's sun-kissed and there's another one. I, I like the sun-kissed one. It's really good. And uh, you just half a packet in a glass of water. Ooh, I can drink that all day long. Denise so makes these two-gallon containers of uh crystal light stuff so you know it's just Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. water but i think it's like five calories or something but it's no sugar i just thought of a i just thought of a new yeah i just thought of a new opening for us let me try it aloha and welcome to (laughs) tim yes and then i will jump right in and say that's right you heard the pig that's on the spit at our (laughs) at our at our luau. At our luau. So to Josh Peak and all of our faithful listeners in Hawaii, and he's listening from Hawaii, there you go. Aloha. And you can uh, also sign off with that as well. What a yeah. I can. Yeah. Hello and goodbye. All in the same. So um, I'm getting my grass ready right now. <laughs> hula for you. Oh, if you can see those coconuts, Get a on I that just one. can't stand it. I'm ready to throw up. <laughs> I'm signing off right now. I can't do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome to a podcast where one preacher and one wacko is turn there very quickly. (laughs) You're not kidding. We Let's go back and do a third opening. Out, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. Wow! Wow! Well, okay. <laughs> and now you know why no one's going to say. Kidding! Oh my goodness! Wow! All right. Let me swing this back around. Let's get us on track. Okay, go ahead and swing it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Swing it. Swing it to this one. So I'm doing John and Romans all over Canada. We've done 14 and a half million and doing a, a number here in the United States and seeing great things happening there. And here's the question I get. Preachers all the time 
So if I do John of Romans, how many people am I going to see saved and how is that going to influence the attendance of our church? And my answer, I think is pretty spiritual, is this. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. Are you going to see a massive rush to your church? No. No. Are you going to have people calling you every day saying, we got saved, come and show us how to live the Christian life? No, that's not going to happen. Now, when we started out um, 20 years ago, putting John and Romans out, we got letters by the scores. We got phone calls. We got, you know, every kind of communication. We got handwritten letters, which was really kind of cool. Um, 20 years later, we get some letters. We get mostly emails. We get a few phone calls, but not near what we got 20 years ago. And I tell people this, that when we get to heaven, I think we're going to stand in the judgment day, and we're going to hear thousands, tens of thousands, I'm hoping hundreds of thousands of people say, I got that little booklet, and I prayed and asked Christ to save me, but I never shared it with anybody. Because I think... We were talking on Monday about a public profession of faith by people coming forward. Most people are not public in their decisions. Now, they're public on Facebook and they're public on Instagram and Twitter and all that. But they are not so public with spiritual decisions. I don't know why people are more hesitant, but they are. That's just a fact. And so I believe, especially in Canada, we've got people getting saved. And I know by the testimony of people who have said to me, Later on, after they've gotten saved and got into a church, um, they come and say, yeah, I, I got saved from that little John of Romans. I said, why didn't you ever tell us? Amen. And they said, well, it was just a personal Amen. decision. But they, you know, the Lord used that. So that's my hope. And you know, as a pastor, if, there's, if you're thinking you're going to have some miracle you know, cure happen where you don't have to do anything, we just mail out a John of Romans and people flock to your church, that's not going to happen. But you are going to put the gospel into every home into the hands of potentially every person in your county, your state, province, and country. And the word of God does not come back void. It doesn't come back without some kind of result. And it may not be what we expect, but God's doing something with that. He always has, and he always will. And I think we have to look at it that way. Well, the Bible says that he is glorified his word above his name. And so to look at that... Uh, I was just thinking about this on our on my way running some errands this morning before we recorded today, and I was thinking about where pragmatism intersects with doctrine, and and I think that at that juncture, that that is probably where wisdom dwells, that intersection mm-hmm. of uh, pragmatism and doctrine. However. If you follow, oh, pragmatism, yeah. Pragmatism. If you follow yeah, that, one. either one of those courses, and of course, I, I don't mean Bible doctrine is not going to help you, but if all you do, if, if you continue down that course of only doctrine and no works behind your faith, or you can do only the works, the pragmatism, trying to decide on what you think is the best course of action and not looking at what the Bible says, either one of those avenues is wrong. I mean, we want to try to intertwine those two things. And so to, to yeah. look at the, the gospel in only a pragmatic right. fashion, 
I think is very unwise. Uh, that would be, you know, I mean, then why pass out tracts? Because I'm sure that church or that preacher's church, uh, I, I'm sure that they had passed out thousands of tracts. So does that mean they had thousands of decisions? But no, it, it doesn't at all. And so I, I think it's a mistake looking at things only in a pragmatic fashion. Yeah, we want to make sure we put the put our energy, put our uh, materials, put our prayers, put our finances towards things that, that we are led of the Lord. But it isn't purely a... a uh, I, I think a, that we do have to decision. start a new and stronger reliance on the work of the Holy Spirit. I think we've we've actually gotten to a place where we think that we're doing it. We've oh, become, amen. Amen. you know, extreme Armenians where, you know, we'll do it all. God, we'll, we'll call you when we need you. But we have got to rely on that Holy Spirit and know him and know his workings and take the program out of it and take the, you know, the sales pitch out of it and just get back to, we're going to give you a pure message from the Word of God from our hearts, and we're going to plead with you to know Amen. what the Word of God says. And it's very easy to get into that, you know, that 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 that. Hey, we got a program, and that 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 that, and you're going to get saved. That's not that's not the course. And I think this. Yeah. I think I think that we have to better prepare our friends for when they come and have already been giving that message and already preparing the way, plowing the field, so that when they do hear that message, they're prepared. I think as a church member, I have to stop thinking that, oh, if I just bring my friends to church, they'll get saved. No, no, no. You, you've got to be the one. They trust you. They know you, that you've lived before them. And that may be part of the problem why they're not getting saved sometimes. But uh, they, they, they see what you've got, and they're going to want that, and you're going to let them know, hey, there's going to be an opportunity for you to get what I've got right there in that service. And sometimes I think we kind of almost mislead them into, hey, come to church. We're having special music. Hey, come to church. There's a kids program. Hey, come to church. There's all these things. But hey, come to church because I want you to hear the message of God's word is maybe where we need to start. Yeah, at at the same time, I mean, they have been working to get their friends there. They're more likely to be excited to bring them to a special event, you know, a, a guest preacher, extra music, you know, those kind of things. That'd be something that sure. that is easier to get a little bit more excited to get your friends to come. And so I, I understand that. I, I think that sometimes we overall... Uh, may have the mentality of all I need to do is get them to church and I've done my job. And that's a wonderful thing. That is a wonderful thing to bring your friends to church. But most of the time, bringing your friend to church is the opening of the door, not necessarily the closing of the door. And so, uh, you know, there's still nothing can replace, nothing can replace a burdened soul who has been so deep in prayer and agonizing for their friend to go to them and look them in the eye and possibly tears welling up in their in their eyes saying i am so concerned about you have you thought about trusting jesus i i would beg you to do so today it, i mean mm -hmm. god 
works through people. He doesn't limit himself to only work through people. But the Holy Spirit. You look at the great revivals, the Ulster revival. Two ladies prayed for a year. They had, I think, 17 people after the first year, and they had their first person saved in that great revival that led to tens, hundreds of thousands of people being saved. But it took a year of two ladies just praying for God to revive them and bring revival to their home. And we think. Um, you know, Pastor said we're having a big day. Dear Lord, help me to invite someone. Our friend comes and boom, there's going to be revival. That It can happen. And there's no question, it can happen. But it takes Christians being right more yes. than sometimes yes. that unsaved person being prepared. When they come, there's got to be the presence and the moving of the Holy Spirit and that there's sin in the camp or there's some kind of refrain of the Holy Spirit's movement Man, that, that that that's gonna have an influence as well. And I think most churches are desirous of people being saved. I think they hope and they expect and, and we should, but yes, I think I believe so. You know, if we'd have prayed for a yes. year for that revival, yep. or we had been in our Bibles intently studying for a year for that revival, we had been preparing people for a year for that revival, maybe we'd see different results than, you know, a week or a few days before. I think it's going to take more more of that stuff in this day as we see the day approaching. Perilous times are coming. And I think we're seeing some of those perilous times. We're seeing things happening in our countries we never dreamed we'd see, uh, you know, both uh, with sin and spirituality. I think we're in some pretty tough times, and I think we are going to have to get serious in our own personal lives, in our own personal walk with the Lord before we see those things happen that we hope to see. I would agree with you there. The Bible says the disciples. Now, God had already given the disciples power to cast mm-hmm. out demons. And yet there was one boy. The father begged the disciples right. to do it. and They could not do it. And so the Lord did it. And he, and he upbraided those disciples for their lack of faith. And so afterward they said, mm-hmm. well, why couldn't we do it? And he said, well, how be it? This kind coming not forth but by prayer and fasting and there are regions in the areas uh, in the United States and around the world there are regions where it seems like Satan has a greater foothold on the community when the 70 were commanded to go out and preach the gospel Jesus said if a city or town does not receive you shake the dust out of your feet and go somewhere else you know so uh, there are some regions like that, and, and Brother Clayton is in a deeply German Catholic community. German Catholics came and and built that community over the, historically, there in Ohio, and there's a great and very strong uh, presence. He told me. Catholic presence in that community. And, and he he told me, he like, said, this is like one of the, the highest church per capita counties in, in Ohio, and it and is so, also one of the know, highest alcoholism yeah, rates per capita in Ohio. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it really is. So some communities is just... 
they've been fighting against the Lord, or maybe they've been, you know, Satan has yeah. so entrenched them in false doctrine that, you know, it's 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 going to be. If like you had to pick a place in the world where you say stones, we're you know, seeing, if not revival, a great well, spread of the gospel the and a movement of the gospel, what country would you say that is today? No question. Philippines. Exactly. Philippines. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. The Philippines of today it sort mm-hmm. of mirrors what was going on here in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, you know, what we're seeing and, and learning about over there. The, uh, the, the nation is ripe, uh, mm-hmm. people getting saved, and then witnessing to others. And, you know, the, the Word of God is multiplying there. Um, there are some other regions in the world where I'm hearing great results, but I, I don't know of it factually. But, yeah. uh, you know, some of the communities in Africa and some of the communities in, uh, oh, it'd be, yeah. it'd be in that 1040 window where, I mean, the Word of God is really multiplying in some of those areas. It's just uh, the, probably the, the more... Right. Um, so, and, and one of those countries that's nations, seeing great things is China. You look at all those nations; they're either impoverished, or they are politically, you know, oppressed is a great word. Yeah. Um, here in countries where we have absolute freedom, and we've had the gospel for years, oppressed. and you know everybody's heard it, everybody's got some kind of association with it, we're not seeing those things happen. So I think there's something to that. In the Philippines, having been there, um, there's just a thirst. There's a thirst for the gospel. And I think it's because their people are. They are so um, adamant about telling people about Christ. They're so driven to tell people about Christ. They're so wanting to share the gospel. And they're unafraid. They're unafraid. Now, I will tell you this. I get upset with some Filipino yes. people who come to North They're America with it. because they come and they have that yes. and then they start working and they start making money and they start getting hold of the American Canadian dream of having great wealth and some of those things subside and they and they start working for people with wealth and influence and they become intimidated and almost afraid to speak out to those folks and it's just sad to see that happen. But uh, those folks in the Philippines, in those Asian countries, like you say, in the 1040 window, um, man, some of them are on fire with the gospel. And I think I think we've lost some things because we don't have any oppression. We don't have any, um, you know, hardship. So those peoples in, in the 40s and 50s revival, mm-hmm. they were coming out of the Depression years. They knew some hard, hard times, and they had to rely heavily on faith. And now we've got such a surplus of things that we really just don't seem to need the Lord. That's sad. It's sad. I think that's part of it for sure. Yeah, it is a great blessing to be in a nation where you don't have rulers imposing immoral things upon the people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know. Well, I've had missionaries tell me they come back to Canada and America, and and they're like, "Our our kids see such a drastic change and not for the better. They they were like we want to go home. This is this is not a good place to be, and we have to live um, amongst that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Any final Amen. thoughts? Amen. Well, 
I, I can't remember if I said on this podcast before, so I apologize for being redundant, but it, I don't find many places in the New Testament where the believers, the apostles, where they prayed for compassion, mm-hmm. because that's what we're told all the time now, but we're being told this basically by people who run saved people. Right. Of, well, you need to have compassion when you go with the gospel. I don't find any place in the Bible where they prayed for compassion. They all prayed for boldness. Mm-hmm. Boldness is what we need to to speak the word of God with authority, to speak the word of God plainly, to speak the word of God factually. Um, I was wrong on my facts about the last time that Ohio State had beat Michigan. And the facts are facts, and you can be bold when you know the facts are true. Mm-hmm. And whenever we open up the Bible, we need to have boldness because yeah. it's true. It's absolutely positive. I don't have to be mealy-mouthed or, or concerned, uh-oh, if I talk about hell, this person may not like it. Well, is that going to prevent a doctor talking about cancer to his patients? Mm. If it is, he ought to be disbarred. And if we as preachers aren't going to be bold with the gospel, then we should be disbarred. Yeah. Here, here's the problem. I think a lot of folks don't know the facts. A lot of our Christian folks don't know the facts of God's word. They don't know the facts of salvation, heaven, hell. They, they don't know. And so they're timid. They're not bold because they don't know. And I think we need that boldness. Uh, you're right. I preach that all the time. We don't need more training. We don't need more verses. We've got what we need. We just got to be more bold. And so in part, I think we do need to get back to understanding how to lead people to Christ. I, I'm not in many churches where they're teaching classes, soul winning classes. Uh, I, I'm not seeing and hearing that. And maybe we need to get back to Wednesday night. Let's teach people how to lead people to Christ. Here's I'm going to sit down in a chair on the platform and I'm going to lead this person to Christ. They're going to ask the questions that people ask and I'm going to give the answers I'd give and go from there. I think maybe we need some of that for sure. Amen. Wow. Amen. Well, I know he wasn't a Baptist, but D.L. Moody, he was a young adult when he got saved. His Sunday school teacher uh, was very nervous and finally walked into where D.L. Moody was selling shoes, yep. and that was his occupation. And he talked to him about the Lord, and D.L. Moody trusted Christ that day. And D.L. Moody, he basically said in his heart, his, his like motivating spiritual theme was, I'm going to live somewhere forever, so I better be prepared and learn how to live. Mm. And that consumed him. And, uh, you know, when we think about eternal things, it changes us. And no wonder he, you know, basically is known as the head of the Sunday School movement because he was concerned about boys and girls all across the nation who were not, uh, who were illiterate and weren't able to read and they needed to be able to learn to read God's Word and to be able to hear the gospel. So that's really where Sunday school sort of had it had its roots in illiterate boys and girls who needed to be taught to read so then they could read the Bible. Mm, amen. Well, let's finish it off there. And uh, Friday, we'll come back with more. Uh, some great points there today. I think that we've 
learned some things, and I hope that our listeners have picked up on some of those things, and uh, that you'll start getting into God's Word. Learn If you don't know how to lead somebody to Christ, go to your pastor and say, teach me how to do it, and let's get bold. I, I want to challenge our listeners to this. How about, and, and, I, and I will do this with you, how about we don't let one week go by without talking to at least one person about Jesus Christ from from this day forward. Let's let's do this year. Let's start this year. Let's start now. We'll talk to somebody, one person a week about Christ with the idea that we're going to lead them to Christ. They may not get saved. We might not get very far, but Amen. let's at least try Amen. one person. I think it's a great Amen. start. I'm Al Stone. I'm giving you that challenge, and I want to encourage you. There are people out there that need Christ desperately, and if we're not telling them, nobody's telling them. I'm not, right. I'm not having anybody approach me with the gospel. Let's do it. I hope you have a great, great day in telling people about Jesus Christ. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. And like uh, Brother Stone said, we have learned many things on this podcast. But one thing that I hope that you've learned is not to try to envision Al Stone in a grass skirt. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or Dan Wolven in other attire <laughs> that I won't mention because I'm a Christian. <laughs> this is Tim Tox. We hope you have a great day, eh? And we'll be about back. My leprechaun outfit? Yeah, your leprechaun outfit. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> you got to go to Instagram and see my latest post. I look like a leprechaun. Uh, somebody, a, a young person took a, it's called the point five, the point five picture. You got to see it. It's awesome. Oh. And, uh, you check it out. And also, I'm going to put a picture up, um, and, and this will probably be before this is aired, but I'm going to show my beautiful studio here in Salina, Ohio, my recording studio. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite good. For those of you that won't see it, I so have So how do wife's... I go on Instagram if I'm not on Instagram? Um, okay, go to the app. <laughs> this is hilarious. I am not, I am not signing up for for. Oh, more social media. Oh, so this is hilarious. I'll just have to get Steve or Denise to show me. Yeah, yeah. This is hilarious. I just noticed this. So what I've got is I've got a I've got a um, a Yeti cup, and on top of the Yeti cup is a little um, a little bottle, little uh, what do you call it? Like a little what do you call that thing? Um, it's a hand lotion, little hand lotion thing, right? Guess what's on it? Oh yeah, squeeze Guess what's tube. On it. Yeah, yeah, squeeze tube, right? Okay, and then I've yeah. got a ice bucket turned upside down, a cup cut with two slats to hold my phone. And in the in the squeeze bottle is my hand my wife's hand lotion. It's Waikiki Beach Coconut. <laughs> I can't believe it. I what that's the theme of the day. And then I got my lime green Yeti cup, so I'm I'm ready for Hawaii. So I'm wow. I'm, I'm gonna get me a grass skirt. That'll be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> we'll be back on Wednesday. Get ready. You never know. You just never know. This is Tim Talks. Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.